All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico, I thought you were going to be in studio today. So I was led to believe something which is super disappointing. But I'm sure for you it's super great because you're just watching the rugby from your couch. Well, no, I'm ready for you. Um, um, but it is super disappointing not to be in studio. And I've watched a little bit of the rugby. But um, we have family coming over. So um, uh, I think next week as well, um, the week after, I'm planning to come see you in the studio. So it's a little bit still before I'll be there. So okay. in two weeks' time, Michelle, I'll be there with coffee and cake. Not, ne- not next weekend, the weekend after. Yeah, because the cake will be Tiny Betty's chocolate cake, won't it? Of course. And yeah. I'll, I'll make coffee from home. Oh, well, that sounds like a, a good idea. Yeah, in a flask, <laughs> that sounds excellent. Nico, have you been watching the rugby? Uh, yes, I have. Um, it's been sort of disappointing. The, the, the <laughs> box, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So <laughs> it's, the box is struggling a little bit, and then they look okay, and um, it's, it's, it's a strange match. But um, um, I left a while ago, so I'm not sure. When I was looking, we were still 10-3 behind. We are watching Roller. I just heard... Um, uh, I, I, I saw something which said that the ref is also not brilliant, but I mean, we always want to blame the ref. No, 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 we shouldn't blame the ref. That just would be a weak excuse. So no, that's <laughs> not the ref. Not the ref at all. <laughs> oh, Sherbert. Okay, Nico, I do have to mm-hmm. ask you. I heard um, yesterday that Audi is thinking of entering into the Formula One. Yeah, definitely Audi is, is confirmed that they're going to be in Formula One. So the Volkswagen Group are really interested in looking at Formula One. So Audi is confirmed that they'll be in, 20, uh, in Formula One in 2026. So what okay. has happened is that the, um, Formula One's always had these real, uh, rule changes or engine changes. So at certain points um, in the time cycle, then the engines change. So for instance, one of the disappointing things is where they went away from V8 engines to this little 1600 um, V6 engine. So um, what's going to happen again in 2026 is there's an engine change. So um, Audi has been looking at, um, or they've said that they're going to start um, introducing their own engines. Um, so they haven't linked with the team yet, but they'll be building engines. And the speculation has been quite strong that it's probably Sauber, the team that um, offer Romeo Sauber that Audi will partner with. Um, yeah. So that, so in other words, the car won't necessarily be branded in Audi. It will be a Sauber Audi for instance. Um, then there's also, of course, talk that uh, Porsche will be um, uh, linking up with um, Red Bull. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but there's also um, a lot of talk about Porsche um, linking up with Red Bull uh, uh, as well in Formula One. Because I think the manufacturers see um, the growth of Formula One. I think one of the things as um, Drive to Survive has, has changed um, a lot of people's seeing Formula One because when it came out, people that weren't really watching Formula One watched the series on Netflix. And that yeah. sort of got them into Formula One. I'm not always um, a fan. Some of the latest um, Drive to Survive, they've sort of almost made up things to make it a little bit more interesting. So if you watch Drive to Survive, it'll excite you about Formula One, but it's definitely not the whole picture. You you get sort of a feeling for it. and if you then, But that's gotten people into Formula One. So the car manufacturers realize the benefit, I think, of Formula One. And also before, by the way, and there was a guy by the name of Bernie Eccleston. If you ever want to read a good book and an interesting one, read about Bernie Eccleston and, and how he started as first a second-hand car salesperson. And then he had um, Formula One teams. Um, and then very cleverly, um, he actually organized things around him. So what he saw from the start was that TV rights was the strength of Formula One in the early 80s. Nobody else saw that. And then cleverly, he, he got himself all the TV rights. So effectively, he was then the man in charge, and he then made the rules as he wanted. He became extremely rich, 
But he was basically running the show how he felt it should be run, um, which then always made it difficult for other teams sometimes to get in because, you know, Formula, Formula One was basically run um, by Bernie Eccleston. But now there's a new company called Liberty Media that run it. So it's sort of more neutral, I think, in that regard. By the way, just talking about uh, Formula One while we're on the topic, um, Kalami hasn't been confirmed yet. Oh, so hasn't we're all getting it. No, no, that's why I remember I told you earlier, we spoke about that a while back. I said, let's, let's not sort of get too excited. There's a lot of talk about it. There's um, the, the, um, the head of um, Liberty Media came to Kalami to have a yeah. look. Um, but there's still not, it's not been confirmed 100 Well, it's not been confirmed. That there's no 100% confirmation. It's not been confirmed yet that Kalami oh. is being planned. There's a lot of talk around it. Um, but somebody's got to give them money here, Michelle. So the thing is, it's really quite expensive. Um, so probably you won't make money out of this. It will be a benefit for the country. But you're not, this is not a way that you're going to put money in to make money. So uh, it's also not been confirmed who the title sponsor is. So we're still waiting for that decision. Yeah. Uh, luckily, under Formula One, Liberty Media wants the Formula One, one Grand Prix in Africa. Um, there's some of the racing drivers. Lewis Hamilton, even Max Verstappen said they want Formula One in South Africa. So let's hope it does come. But it hasn't been confirmed 100. Well, it hasn't been confirmed yet. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, we need to go to a break. Before we go there, um, Felicity has just slapped us on the wrist and says, please warn us before you give the rugby score we are recording and we're going to watch oh. it tonight. Please just say score coming up. Felicity, you know, oh, it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. Everybody wants the score. Nobody wants the score because they're recording. So I'm afraid we'll try our best to say score coming up, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work. One can't do everything for everybody all the time. I mean, sometimes we just have to make a choice. But we'll see what we can do, Felicity. I'll try my darnest. It's at 20 to 9. All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. We are with our petrol head, Nico Smith. And uh, if you've got any questions, don't forget, he's not a mechanic, but he certainly knows a hell of a lot about cars. So if you've got any questions for him. Uh, Nico, this is a mechanical question, but we're hoping that you, you might be able to answer it. Nevertheless, okay. let's just go for it. Hi, good morning, uh, Michelle and um, Umnik. Um, long time, uh, long date, long date, Umnik. Uh, this is France from Moitlufa, Pretoria East. Uh, Umnik, I just want to find out. Um, I'm driving a 2022 Toyota Hilux 4x4 Auto RS, uh, and the car has done 23,000 cases on the clock. And um, I want to trade in this parky. And the reason why I want to do that is because um, I'm retiring, you know, uh, fortunate enough, age 46, you know, I'm retiring. And um, I've been using that buggy because of the working conditions where I'm working at um, mining areas, you know, dusty roads, I mean, dusty roads, you know, and I've been um, loading heavy stuff on that buggy and it have been, you know, uh, a good friend, reliable to me, you know, that brand have been reliable for years, you know, to me. So since I'm be retiring and I'll be home uh, with my fiance traveling the country and the continent, I'm thinking of trying the new Jeep uh, Gladiator uh, buggy. You know, even though the brand, you know, uh, depreciate quickly, you know, and come into the price, and uh, it only comes in petrol. 
you know so i just want to try that so since i'm not going to load anything heavy on it i'll just just for domestic use and you know and to travel i mean uh, province to uh, to province so i just want to find out from you if that will be a wise move or should i keep um in the toyota with me because the mileage is still low and um, it's very much reliable you know um i'll listen to to your response and thanks for 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 your help so france you're so lucky 46 and you're retiring and you're going to go can, can, traveling can, with your fiance i'm envious envious yeah, envious. Can yeah can we totally <laughs> swap so so what do you think a 2022 toyota hilux it's only done 23,000 kilometers that's nothing i mean i'm pretty sure that that will be good to travel around um the country and further afield for sure yeah, it's, it's such a difficult question. Uh, it could because it could be an easy answer. The, yeah. the big thing is, let's start with the Gladiator. It's about two, 1.2 million rand um, is the price of a Gladiator. So the Gladiator is like a the, if you take a, a Jeep uh, Wrangler and you make a double cab bucky from it. Um, it has a V6 engine, but effectively um, being norm, it's a normally aspirated engine. So that that, that you know the Jeep's going to be heavy on fuel number one. Um, and also, unfortunately, it is true that the, the, the trading value is not going to be as good as the Hilux. Now, the Hilux is a completely different vehicle. The price of the Hilux, of course, is, is different. Uh, you know, it, it is much more affordable. It's much cheaper, effectively, than the, the Gladiator. If it was me, I'd just keep the Hilux. You'd um, keep the Hilux. You have the car already. No, I would keep it, personally, because you have the Hilux. You've driven it. And as you said, it's a faithful friend. I've, I've worked when I started. I've, I've worked with Hilux. And I saw how tough those things were. Um, so uh, and, and there's always a market for it eventually when you want to trade it in. So in other words, um, the, the downside of the Jeep, it's a good-looking thing. It's something different. Um, but you're not going to, after a while, or you're going to lose a, a fair amount on it. And the price difference is quite a lot. So if it was me, I would just keep the highlights into the country. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you've only got, it's, it's, a, it's a, effectively a new car. Even if you've loaded stuff on the back, it doesn't matter. Maybe you feel a little bit less for it. In other words, it's, it's had a bit of a life. So then you don't really care. You're going to Namibia and you're driving in the dunes or the, you know, the rough roads. You're not going to worry as much as with a brand new car. If it was mm. me, I would keep that Hilux 10 out of 10, actually. Franz, there we go. When you retire, keep that Toyota Hilux 2022 and it's got 23,000 kilometers. Also, just a quick question, Nico. I mean, real, resale, I know you've always said to me you don't resell straight away after buying. No, you, you, the thing is, um, what happens is you've got to, you've got to, there's certain expectations. If you have a car uh, in less than a year, or not expectations, but let's say in two months, six months, you're going to really um, lose money. So it's not practical for any car to change it around until let's say about year three or four. So if you do the finances, when it starts making sense, is in about year three or four. Now, there was a little bit, COVID is actually an anomaly. So what COVID did to the market is that there weren't new cars. And because they were scarcity of new cars, suddenly all the second-hand cars, their value shot up quite a lot. So it mm. could actually be, if you went, let's say, six months ago, you could have, uh, have a brand-new car and trade it in and actually get more for it. There were a few cars like that. I mean, if you take the new Land Cruiser 300, you could buy it brand-new. There were so few of them that the next day you could sell it and, let's say, make 200000 and profit Jeez. or more. Um, but those were anomalies. And you mustn't look, you know, let that anomalies... Um, sort of um, make you... outliers, uh, yeah. There, there were outliers. That's a nice, better word for it. There were outliers. And actually, the market has turned now. So the, the second-hand market is now turning. 
So where they paid really strong for second-hand cars, that is busy turning. So in the next two, three months, I foresee it will be back to where it was before um, because there's more, car, more um, cars available in, in the new car market. That yeah. means that second-hand market will be a bit more saturated. So, But if you're selling a car in the first year, it doesn't make sense. You've got to wait financially till year three or four, roughly, when it, it, it's a better bet. Because the cars, especially a brand-new car, most of the time as you drive it out, um, you, there's a certain loss in value, um, especially after two months. It's not worthwhile. Maybe if yeah. you bought the car cash, it could be a different kind of consideration, but that's actually not really worth it. Yeah. So there we go, Franz. I think that's a good answer for you. Um, we're going to go to another question. Uh, all right, I'll go to it. Let's hear. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Ah, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you, Nick, eh? Uh, I have a small little problem, yeah. I recently bought a, a Ford Ranger, a 2.2 manual, 5-speed. I used to, when I got it, I put diesel from Sasso. So I left it with my young brother. He put diesel on um, engine, engine garage. The car shuts off. What might be the cause of that? And the car is still new. It's less than 10,000 kilometers on the clock. And Ford is saying, bring it back. And I need a vehicle. <laughs> so what can be the problem? Is the diesel problem or is the vehicle faulty? And it's barely new and the smell of the new car, man. Yo! Super nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um, I so agree. There's nothing better than the smell of a new car. Whoa. Oh yes. Oh. Um, so I that that two point two Ford Ranger manual is actually quite a, a strong and uh, reliable vehicle. I actually, have a few family members that drive Rangers. My brother-in-law drives a two point two manual Ranger. Um, yeah. I don't think it's the fuel. Um, so what the fastful fuel is? We always, you know, I always talk about the lower ten ppm versus, let's say, a fifty ppm. Um, what could happen? Uh, um, although I don't think it's the case. So before, uh, and sometimes there are issues if it's a very small filling station that doesn't get a lot of um, uh, cars coming through. Sometimes um, uh, people are unscrupulous, is that the right English? And they put mm. paraffin in the diesel. So in other words, they, uh, because the paraffin is cheaper, so they get the volume up. So that, if, if that's the case, then you might have some issues with the engine. But if it's just you went to a normal filling station and you was it engine fuel as well, mm. I forget now. Yeah. But if you go to a normal filling station and there's a high turnover, it might be something with the engine. It shouldn't be the fuel, um, because but I don't know where you filled it, but you put in the fuel. Yeah. But I would take it back to Ford. I would. I mean, they're saying they're saying take it back, so that's yeah, that's good. It's a, and exactly, it's a brand new car, and you have a warranty, so you shouldn't worry about it. Take it back to Ford. Let them rather have a look. Yeah. Then trying to continue um, with it and, and actually, even if there's bigger problems in the warranty, fixes it, it's still a pain not to have your car. I would, if it was my car, I, I'd be there on Monday morning back to Ford to say, fix it, something's wrong, have a look. And before you even know it, you'll have your car back with a beautiful brand new smell of the great seats. Yeah, yeah. Hey? Going to a break. <laughs> when we come back, we'll uh, answer more of your questions. All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Okay, so let me just say, I'm going to mention the rugby right now. Felicity, <laughs> switch up your ears <laughs> before you come back. So the score right now is 15-3 for the Wallabies. Um, they had a try which was not converted. So 15-3 to the Wallabies. South Africa still remains at 
three. We will continue with that one. Okay, Felicity, you can listen again. Promise. (laughs) This is going to make for interesting radio. Nico, we've got another question for you. I'm going to crack it out. It's a comment and a question. Let's go for it. Good morning, Nico. Good morning to the team. Good morning, Michelle. Michelle, please, humble appeal. Can we have probably a jingle to welcome Nico whenever he's online? Example. You heard. And then secondly, please also, um, Nico, what is the best way to start a car in summer? In winter, most of the cars drains our battery. Uh, maybe it was due to how we drive or how probably we start a car in the morning. So in summer, what is the best way to start a car? It's Bramoro in Bloemfontein. <laughs> hey, Bramoro, we do have a jingle to introduce Nico, and it goes um, something like this. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. But I do think um, I hear you. You wanting some more cars and some more um, a V8 revving or an electric car revving? <laughs> you want a well electric car revving? You're not going to hear. But you want a V8 revving? No, I'm just joking. Yeah, or the old Formula One, the V10 Formula One engines revving. Um, but <laughs> so um, what's happened with the battery is actually not the winter start necessarily. Um, if you just drive short distances with your car, you never get to load the, uh, or put the energy back in the battery. So the battery is simply going to drain. Your alternator is uh, like a little motor that puts energy back. It keeps on uh, uh, loading the, or put, putting electrons back in your battery. But if you just drive in short distances all the time, the, 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 the battery never, the, you, you're never getting an, enough chance to get the, the, the battery loaded all the way fully again. And that's why slowly the battery drains. So a long-distance trip makes it worthwhile or otherwise, um, uh, you, you get a little um, something you just plug into your wall plug and you plug it into the battery and it tops up the battery if you're not driving a lot. So actually, summer start, you just simply, actually always, winter or summer, the best way to start the car, start the car and drive off. Don't idle the car. It actually, um, for wear and tear, is not worthwhile. So the best is, even if it's, I mean, in Bloemfontein, you know how cold it gets in Bloemfontein, and it's just frost everywhere and it's minus three. I, if it was my car, I'd start in the morning and drive off, but I wouldn't rev it hard, and I'd give the car some time to warm up, and when the car's in operating temperature, from there on how you drive, it doesn't matter because the oil is warm, the car's being lubricated properly with the oil, the water's warm enough, everything. Once the engine is warm, there's very little wear and tear. The most wear and tear is that first initial drive to mm. the shop. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying, and you've always said this, do not, you don't have to rev your car and warm it up. Oh, sorry. I was like just getting a bit excited there. So just do it <laughs> as such. So someone wants to know, hi, Michelle. Thanks for the lovely show. We have a Mercedes Vita. The brakes were sorted last month, but it's squeaking badly. What's the cause of that? I mean, what causes brakes to squeak? Isn't it you, dust you've, on you've, the pads? You've, 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 no, you've glazed <laughs> your brakes. You've glazed your, your brakes, unfortunately. You know, you know, creme brulee. So yes. If you look at creme brulee, you've got um, that <laughs> shiny little bit on top. And what they do is they, it's sugar and they've got this flamey thing. So that little crushed on creme brulee. What you've done is you've glazed the brakes, unfortunately. So what you've done is you've now created like a little crust. It's a very thin little layer that's glazed on top of your brakes. So when you're driving, that's making the squeaking sound. There's, uh, the only thing, there's two ways you can... You can skim them, so take the layer off, which I wouldn't do. Or you just keep Why on wouldn't you do that? Uh, because you're taking some of that layer away, and it's a pain to go somewhere for somebody to actually um, do that with your brakes. The easiest is just drive through it. So 
Um, just keep on driving and the squeaking will eventually go away. So why the brakes glaze um, is that if you, uh, I'll give you another example. So when we driving cars on the racetrack, um, before we um, do fast laps with them, we'd actually um, be, what we call bed the brakes. And you actually need to do that with normal brakes as well. So on the racetrack, we'd go out, brake hard, and then drive a few corners without, or brake hard, brake hard, brake hard, get some heat into the brakes, then drive quite a bit without um, um, any heat so the brakes can cool off. So the brakes need to go through a cooling, a heating and cooling cycle. But yeah. if you just sort of braking lightly, braking lightly, stopping in the garage, they don't get a proper chance to go through that heating and cooling cycle, and that's what then glazes the brakes. So if you get brand new brakes, what you should really be doing is driving on the highway and braking and coming off the brakes and just driving without it. Um, and, um, the touching the brakes and then braking and so quite hard brakes and then coming off the brakes. So they go through that heat and cold cycle um, and then you won't have the squeaking. So that's what's happened. You've unfortunately glazed them. Um, so just keep on driving. It'll eventually go away. But do you glaze them if they're new? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly when it happens. It happens when they're new. So that tends to happen when you, if you either have a brand new car, mm. you just put new brake pads on and then you actually don't, they don't go through that heat and cold cycle then you've got this little creme brulee effect. Um, as I said, just drive through it. Um, they're, they're not as sweet as well. Or as tasty. Uh, so, okay, so Nico, then, so I, just just for clarity, I had always thought that when you, um, that when your brakes were squeaking, there could be dust on your brakes. Is that just rubbish? No, no you're going to get dust always on the brakes. So what happens is the, the, um, your brakes, uh, as the, so how the brakes work, it's like a, it's a disc and a pad. So the disc, you know, if you're looking into the wheel, that looks like a CD. And then you've got pads that grab the either side of that disc. So as you're braking, um, the, the pads um, rub, move against the disc, um, and that effectively slows the car down. But now you can imagine there's a lot of weight, so a lot of heat goes through that. Um, so the heat is the issue, but when you're rubbing the pads against the disc, um, you're slowly rubbing that pad away. So that's the dust you see is from the brake pad. That's the dust you see eventually on the mags. Um, but that's not the problem. The problem is that heat cycle. And especially just when you're driving the car and you're touching the brakes and you're actually not slowing the car down, you're creating more heat. So that could also, you know, and, and, and uh, so in other words, the way you brake sometimes will, uh, will go through that heat cycle and that will glaze the, the brakes. So it's basically um, it will, it's more likely to happen on brand new brakes that haven't gone through that heat and cold cycle. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that's um, that's that's a, a good bit of insight. Hope that helps you out and uh, answers all your questions for that one. Nico, um, we we do have a sound for you. We just thought you know because because Brian Morrow was doing it. So so I'm just going to give you this, and then when we come back, I do want to ask you though. Maybe what you should do is go and get the sound of a V8 for us. Um, you know, we all love that sound. So if you if you do have the sound of a V8, it might be a good idea um, to actually do that. Um, and then we can have it and include it on the show when we drop in your jingle. But just, just for fun, this is how we'd like to close off with you. All things automotive with the petrol head, <laughs> Nico Smith. <laughs> you happy with it? I like it. That's awesome. Well, that's what we like to hear. Nico Smith will be chatting to you again next week, 9 o'clock.